You're listening to 1001 Album Club, where every episode we discuss a different album from Robert Emery's book, 1001 Albums You Must Hear Before You Die. episode we'll be talking about frankie goes to hollywood welcome to the pleasure dome in the room i have rob come <laughs> solange come and on the line i have kyle Hoo, ha. Hoo, ha. <laughs> welcome to the pleasure dome is the debut studio album by frankie goes to hollywood first re- released by ztt in the uk and island records in the u.s on the 29th of october 1984 Producer was Trevor Horn, and the genre is new wave, synth pop, and high NRG, which is high energy. Mm. Mm-hmm. I'm going to read from the book, Joel McIver. Although Liverpool quintet Frankie Goes to Hollywood, named after an American newspaper headline referring to Frank Sinatra, are best remembered for their singles, Relax and Two Tribes, listeners who took the time to explore the expansive Welcome to the Pleasure Dome found that there was more to this unusual bunch of chancers than risque costumes and Reagan fighting Shrenenko. Although Pleasure Dome included four covers and a clutch of spoken word ambient between track sections, the record as a whole statement is a powerful one. Much of this can be attributed to the masterful production of Trevor Horn, who inspired an entire generation of precision engineered, super crisp albums in the 1980s. The searing clarity of the background birdsong and jungle noises in the title track, plus the layered beauty of Frankie's version of Bacharach and David's Do You Know the Way to San Jose are still miraculous in the ear. But the thrill of the record is also down to those amazing singles, Relax, A Filthy Anthem for a Generation, Two Tribes, The Perfect Cold War, Peon, Power of Love, An Exquisite Christmas Hit, and Welcome, itself an underrated anthem released as Frankie mania began to subside. Uh, The paranoid, the sexual nastiness, and the sheer twisted glamour of Welcome made it seem for a brief moment as if a whole new movement had been spawned. All right, what do we think of Frankie Goes to Hollywood? Welcome to the Pleasure Dome. I first listen, uh, and I fucking love it. (laughs) Yeah, same. I'm, I'm... my hair fully and completely blown back by this by this record. I I did not know what to expect. This was like a this was a like Ben Stiller joke in a very popular movie. Yeah. And holy fucking shit. Yeah. Like what Trevor Horn does on this is just it's it's phenomenal. What I'm yeah. realizing is Trevor Horn is amazing. My God, he's whatever cool. he touches is the Buggles, the Malcolm McLaren album. Yes, he he basically, mm-hmm. I, I don't want to say wrote this album, but he 
made it what it is. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I'm just yeah. now I'm a Trevor Horn fan. Yeah, it's, it's awesome. Same. Yeah, just unreal. Like, uh, if, like, welcome to the Pleasure Dome. Like, if you had told me this was a Pink Floyd track, I would have probably believed you. Yeah, I wrote that down, too. Did you? I wrote down Pink Floyd. Welcome to the Pleasure Dome. Yep. Yeah. Good God. But you know what? It reminded me of Pink Floyd's like 87 record, A Momentary Lapse of Reason. And that record is 30 minutes shorter than this one. Did Trevor Horn also produce it? Negative. No. Damn it. it is kind of insane to me how long this album is. For like, Huge. It's, it's a lot. It's really long. It's a double album. Oh, it that explains four it. Four sides. That explains why it's so long. I mean, not that I'm saying I hate it. I'm not, I'm actually still, I, w- I was ready to come talk about it today because I wasn't sure how I felt about it. I'm, and I'm still kind of not, but I really love, there's things about the band that make me like the album more, such as the relaxed music video. The fact that they, that video, I can't stop thinking about it. And I want to <laughs> use the words unreal, but as a person who spent a lot of their early childhood in San Francisco, it's not unreal to me. It's just like, <laughs> what a choice all the time. In this. What a treat. What a choice. What a treat. What a moment. And I loved it. And also that they made their own computer game. That yeah. was pretty cool to yeah. me. Like Solange, Kyle, Birch. I'm listening. Uh, the music video for Relax. Did you guys happen to look up who directed it? Oh, I did. Who was it? Was it Steve Barron? I'm guessing Steve Barron. Nope. Uh, hey. The director <gasps> was... Quentin Tarantino? No uh, way. The uh, director was uh, Bernard Rose, best known for his uh, theatrical film Candyman. <gasps> yep. Oh my god, oh. I totally see And he also, di- totally he also directed uh, the Welcome to the Pleasure Dome video. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How about that? Those are great videos. They are terrific videos. I did not get yeah. to Welcome to the Pleasure Dome. Well, you might enjoy this fun fact. Um, there is a video for uh, Two Tribes. Yes, I saw that and I wanted to listen to it, but I didn't have time okay. today. Well, uh, the, director, uh, the directors of Two Tribes uh, also uh, were in a little band called 10CC. I saw it. Was little, it was Godly and Cream. Yeah, <laughs> yep. I, was, I saw that and I was like, I need to watch this, but I have too much to do. Yeah, I will go home and watch it because I do love them. Everybody knows how much I love them. That's a great video, too. Yeah. I mean, I think part of the... Yeah, did you pick up on the Mad Max stuff on Two Tribes? <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. Yes, I did. Just sure. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I think that's what 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 makes this uh, what made them so popular. I mean, relax is obviously a, a complete banger. Like yeah, what club, a jam. like what amazing song. Oh my god, yeah. But at the same time, I think those MTV or even the controversy, you know, around everything, I think made them bigger than. Maybe just that one hit wonder. Well, you know what's fucking nuts about the the quote unquote uh, controversy is it was only controversial in uh, in like England. Yeah, BBC. Yeah, that was it. The PMRC didn't even touch this. They didn't make it to the fil- fifty or fif- filthy fifteen. Yeah, like they they didn't say a word. Yeah, I I, I watched the video. The video <laughs> is really uh, sexual. Yeah, I mean that's the only way I can describe it is it's it's really graphic. And they're not even naked. Like that's the thing is they're not even they're not even naked, and it's incredibly graphic. Still, like you know, the, not the, that I have a problem with the that. leather daddies just putting pickles in people's faces. <laughs> well, the, the 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 Roman emperor leaning over the thing, and then it's like sprays water on them. Oh, like, where, where he screams, "Come!" Yeah, where he then, screams, "Come!" And, and then cum sure, goes everywhere. He sure does. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, graphic. That's fucking great. Um, yeah, well, you didn't know that it was a, 
a double album. So the way it's broken up is we have tracks one and two on one side. Uh, then we have tracks three through six on side two. Mm. Side three is uh, uh, has one, two, three, four, five, the five tracks on it. Right? And then, uh, yeah, five on the uh, track four, or side four. Um, so it breaks up nice. Yeah, I mean, it does. does I just don't listen to albums like that. I was so. going to say, does it deserve, Does it need to be a double album? No, no. but it was It was made a double album as a, as a goof. Yeah. Like, that, that was Trevor Horn being like, this uh this this synth band like this, this synth pop band <laughs> but i kind of let's let's like everyone's gonna get really upset when we release a double record but i love the interludes tag where he's all like what is an orgasm and i was like <laughs> oh do you want to know a funny story about that which you might find interesting yes okay um the uh the voice actor is a man named chris berry who solange i actually wrote down solange fact <laughs> Chris Berry, who Nerd played alert. Arnold Rimmer on Red Dwarf. Um, oh! <laughs> yeah, he, he also does the voice of Reagan, and he does the, uh, uh, yeah, so it's just Reagan and Prince Charles. There might be another person. That's a another good person. Reagan impersonation. Yeah, it really Reagan is. I, at first, I thought they were just using clips that they cut up. Like I they, did, too. Yeah. And I then I realized, too. I was like, no, that's not him. But it was so close. It's just an impressionist from yeah. foggy London town. Yeah. I kind of, I also la- laughed a little bit at the end. It ends with bang. And it's not like it ends with a bang. <laughs> I thought that was kind of cute. <laughs> the audacity to make a double album from this band, I think, is. I mean, and the covers are just, the cover selection is just all over the place. And they're great. Yes. Yes. I didn't realize that I run? wanted a Born to Run cover. <laughs> But, but it slaps, he, though. It's really good. It's so good. It is so good. Uh, I, yeah. I actually thought it was a cover album when Born to Run came on. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> Again? Because I don't recognize songs like that. I'm not good at it. So, Welcome to the Pleasure Dome. The song itself took three months to record. I can imagine. <gasps> wow. Three wow. entire months. Uh, two Tribes also took three entire months. Ooh, I don't but why? Worth it. Two, Worth it. Two Tribes is pared down. Oh. On the uh, like on the CD version, it's a good nine minutes, seven seconds. Okay. Yeah. So I have a question then, because I was doing the research, and it said that, obviously, Trevor Horn went to the clubs, and he was like, oh, I get it. I get the extended dance mi- mixes and the whole, you know, like having an entire 12 inch be one song or mm-hmm. having a different mix on, you know, he realized the power of having these like dance mi- mixes, mixing them together. And, and those should just be their own singles, right. For relax. But did he also envision that for like two tribes and maybe welcome? Because it seems like all of these, a lot of these get extended. Yeah. I, I think he just, mm-hmm. I mean, I think he's just a crazy person. <laughs> like, honestly. Um, I know uh, we, we, we got relaxed in our ears right now, and it was uh, it was pitched down, uh, like, to E, uh, to make it sound, like, you know, sadder and spookier. Yeah, um, it does. But it was yeah. also the first ever all-digital number one single. Really? How about yeah. that? This is the one. Times over, 
for the goddess of the eternal court of history will smile and tear to tatters the brief of the state prosecutor and the sentence of this court, for she acquits us. Condemn me. I mean, I, I, I didn't Condemn watch the video, so I didn't know that there's Mad Max in it, but apparently Two Tribes Condemn is like a protest song about like nuclear war, so that tracks. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Especially if it's, especially talking, Kyle, about the through line of like English, um, you know, synth pop, pop bands, and uh, like the through line of, well, for, for Culture Club, it was like gay oppression, which I think you could also probably argue with Welcome to the Pleasure Dome, especially like Relax, yeah, which is such an unabashedly homosexual video. I don't mm -hmm. mean that negatively. I mean that like as a qualifier of what the video is. I mean, I mean, if just, not that one, then Crisco kisses. Definitely. Oh, yeah. Crisco kisses. <laughs> come on. Like, <laughs> give me really. some blow. Yeah. I mean, um, but like, that's the thing I love about these about these groups is, uh, you know, like, again, Heaven 17, Depeche Mode, who is not like none of the none of them are gay, but it's just like that kind of thing where it's like, they had something to say. Depeche Mode in their earlier albums had something to say about, like, you know, the world at large and, and politics. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what's so cool about something like Two Tribes is it fucks. And at the same time, I'm like, mm -hmm. I'm learning something. <laughs> sure. Um, I know we can't rewind, but the... Uh, <laughs> the wash, the synth wash. The cum. The, the fair light. When he says come, makes the funniest coming noise I've ever heard. It's just like, it's so good. Man. It's such a fucking goof. But yeah, like, I, I only knew this song and this band from, like, Zoolander. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. You yeah. never heard the song? I mean, this song gets played on the radio. I, I mean, like, yeah. the 80s. It, it's what brought it into the popular consciousness mm -hmm. again. Sure, sure um, yeah. And uh, there was a famous Bloodhound Gang song that used this uh, song as a... Backing track? Backing track. Is that the uh, Do It Like They Do on the Discovery Channel no, song? No, it, it was a song off of that particular album, and I'm really embarrassed that now a thousand people know I like Bloodhound Gang. <laughs> oh, there's only 500, don't worry. <laughs> oh, thank God, only 500 people know I like Bloodhound Gang. <laughs> Can I read my cute fact? I had a sure, cute yes, fact. please. My cute fact is, um, so they're Liverpudlians, and uh, they looked up to, like, Echo and the Bunnymen, which I thought was like, aww. And uh, it's because Holly Johnson said that you'd see Ian McCulloch on, like, a bus, and it was like you could see him out and about in Liverpool, and he's like, I've never seen the Beatles on the bus. <laughs> and I'm like, aww. And then they were, like, kind of accepted a little bit with, like, the success they had with this album and it's like oh yeah we could finally be in like the big the big dogs with like people like echo and the bunny man and i thought that was so cute because they're they're really different bands in a, like in a lot of ways but uh I, always but i yeah and i thought that was like kind of neat that i was like oh that's aw i like that i thought that was really cute what surprised me is i'd never heard the third single uh the power of love never heard that song i've Have never heard, heard that, that either I've nope heard that i think it was either. only a single in in UK? Uh, the UK, yeah, it was epic. Sounds nothing like anything else on the record. Yeah. It's awesome, um, like a '60s style, you know, with the strings and the reverb. Uh, I, I did not see that one coming. Fun story about uh, that one: it was pitched up a half step to F, which uh, also made the song a little bit brisker. Mm. That, huh. That's the thing about this album: is a lot of these songs will start out kind of like weird and slow for me personally, and then just like kick up out of nowhere. I specifically wrote that about. Black Knight, White Light, which started out and I was like, eh, and then all of a sudden, like, fucked 
like just like that yeah. fucked out of nowhere. That's something I kind of liked about <laughs> this album is it's just like I was like, oh, hello. Yeah, I got big New Order vibes off of this record. Ooh, you know what? You guys are going to hate this. I got yeah. big Heaven 17 vibes off of oh, this of record. Course. Yeah. I got it too. Very Heaven 17. I mean, I, I blame Trevor Horn. Oh, yeah. 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 I mean. <laughs> oh <my> God, <laughs> There's that Reagan impression. <laughs> I love this. <laughs> this was something I loved about the album, but I will fuck hard with like a voiceover in the middle of a song if it's like they good. Just, yeah, that's Seinfeld bass. It's just so, it's going yeah. for it. Like, all the way, which mm-hmm. I respect. They're not half-assing. Not at all. No, this. they're not. No. Yeah. No, that's a and good on paper, this, this could have been a disaster. You know, I've yeah. said that about records before, but this, a double album of this, with all these covers, like, you know, if it was 1983 and I came up to you and I was like, I got an idea, you know, for a double album, you know, we're going to cover Burt Bacharach <laughs> and Dionne Warwick and Bruce Springsteen and, you know, uh, and you know it. It's awesome though. It's it sounds fucking phenomenal. This album's a um, flex. You know that's yeah. how I would describe it. It's a flex. It's like they're really proving something to us. And I kind of. But I don't know what it is that they're proving to me, but they're doing it. Are they proving it, or did Trevor Horn hire the Blockheads? Oh yeah. To do the backing tracks, and he's proving that he can take this. Maybe this band that he doesn't feel like they're good enough to play their own instruments, hiring the studio musicians. Wait, and you, you mean Ian Dury and, cre- and the Blockheads? Like yes. those Blockheads? Yep, yep. I realize that's a sore subject for the people in this room. Oh, I don't, I just don't like him. Yeah, I don't think that he didn't think they could play their own instruments. I think that he just had the studio on lockdown and wanted full control. Right. Because the, is it Ian Dury and the Blockheads, or is it the, the Blockheads playing on Born to Run, or is that, uh, is that the band? It's not. It's not every track, but he definitely re-recorded their parts. I mean, well, I mean, d- <laughs> wow. He brought from, in studio guys. From what it seems, these guys were partying real, real hard, <laughs> I'm sure constantly. They were. So yeah, may- maybe you do need to have someone go and clean that up. They also like, if I understand, I don't know if it's like started with this or their next thing. Like, they don't like each other, and I don't know what it. It's like there's some contention between like. Holly Johnson and the rest of them that I like was trying to look more into and I didn't quite get the I feel like I wasn't getting the whole story somehow. I got that too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it just weird. seemed like they and with this many people in the band, maybe mm-hmm. that's that's it. Yeah. Too many cooks in the kitchen. Yeah. Absolutely. Can we talk about the artwork real quick? Beautiful artwork. Yeah, it looks like Guernica. I love the 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 uh cover. Yeah, like the, the original cool. cover is, is beautiful, and the the inserts as uh, just a bunch of like animals like doing cunnilingus and uh, like all I kinds of I did uh, not see that debaucherous stuff to themselves. But like they ended up having to put like clovers over all the mouths Amazing. and the buttholes. I'm trying to because the uh, the person like was like the ladies at the record plant will not touch this. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, because uh, on Spotify, it's not no, that album cover. it's not. No. And that's why I was like so confused. Yeah, if you, if you guys haven't looked up what the insert is, I'd, I'd recommend just typing it up and uh, giving it a look. It's it's awesome looking. Was oh, it in the book? Oh, well, that's right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I see. I didn't realize it was sexual at first. I was just kind of like, that's pretty. Yeah, it's nice. <laughs> yeah, that uh, that the cover that's on Spotify is what was on the CD. Mm, I mean, I still like, still think they, I still think they look pretty cool. Yeah, so. I've never seen one of these out in the wild. No, 
Mm-hmm. I think it only sold five hundred co- or five hundred thousand copies in the uh, U.S. It had advanced sales of over one million. It actually sold around a quarter of a million copies in its first week. So mm. it's not nothing, but probably more in the U.K. Do you think it's a flex that they put a fourteen-minute song before their hit? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think any band who starts off with a a song that's over seven eight minutes is are trying to tell you something. Yeah. Because you mm-hmm. have to you have to want to make mm-hmm. it past the first song. Especially if you're on a record. Yeah. Especially if you're on a record. So Europe endless. Europe endless, yeah. There I love listen. I love that. Um, so why? But the uh, I did want to mention you brought up Pink Floyd. Um, someone said that the le- lengthy instrumental, the ballad of thirty two, helps recall Pink Floyd's The Great Gig in the Sky. Claire mm-hmm. Torrey's vocals uh, mischievously replace, replaced by the moans of an ecstatic female. These were claimed at the time to have been the result of drummer uh, Ped's work in the studio, but later revealed as having been lifted from uh, the erotic movie Babylon Pink. Oh. Interesting. That was Ballad of 32? Mm-hmm. Uh, can I read a quote from the NME review from it from 1984? Yeah. Yes, please. Uh, a routine instrumental plus orgasm, muskier than Prince's, not as violent as Yoko Ono's. Oh, that's an interesting comparison. So, so they're just trying to muskier than Prince. <laughs> muskier? I don't know if I would like the Yoko Ono. I get that. I I I didn't no. think about that. I get that, but the Prince, I'm kind of like, hmm. you what? can't see my face, listeners, but I'm making a face. What I'd written down was also could have told me this was Pink Floyd and then sex. (laughs) (laughs) I kind of get, I don't know. I also said heaven 17. Some of these I'm like, like Crisco kisses reminded me a lot of Adam ant in some ways, like the, the, especially the beats, but some of this also, uh, what there was the ballad of 32, which I know you guys really liked it, liked it. I didn't care for it. I thought it was, uh, if boring Depeche mode and boring heaven 17 had a baby, and that's what it sounded like to me. Had a boring baby. Had a boring what baby. What if boring skips a generation? Ooh. Ooh. Wow, sick burn. Hmm. Mom, can you come pick me up? <laughs> so what was Milhouse's dad's uh, like little single song called? Oh, can you, can you spare buy- a feeling? Yeah. Does he? Can I borrow a feeling? Yeah. Can I borrow a feeling? Does he use the uh, the lyric like, like touch me with your glove of love. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Didn't he take that from uh, uh, Wish the Lads Were Here? I'm so sure he did knowing the Simpsons. That, Probably. It's a pretty common <laughs> schmaltzy, schlocky rhyme. The thing is, let me ask Pink you. Pink did it on. Oh, sorry. That album I was talking about. Oh, okay. They love talking about gloves. I mean, Crisco Kisses House. <laughs> I heard very, spinal spinal tap also yeah, very into smell the glove. Smell the glove. <laughs> yeah. Well, she should be made to smell. <laughs> What's yes. so wrong with being sexy? <laughs> oh, can I ask you guys? Sure. Is this danceable? Do you think it's danceable? One hundred percent. Thank you. Yeah, I think yeah, that, especially the first record. Yeah. I think it might not have as many dance tracks on the second one. Yeah. I've only listened through this like two, hmm. maybe two and a half times. But 
because it's so long. It's so long. I had to take a break in the middle of lunch at work. Yeah. When listen, I had to be like, all right, lunch break. Uh, yeah, because like I have, I have a lot of danceables early, and then it's like Crisco Kisses is the last like danceable that I have. I okay. use that as a verbal app, but that's why I was like, you know. I mean, yeah, like an extended release, especially like Welcome to the Pleasure Dome, it's 14 minutes long. Like that's to me like screams, I play this in a club. Mm-hmm. Um, but some some of this is just like a little too experimental to me to like actually put on and like groove out to, you know? Yeah, I'm actually looking at where it breaks up and you're right. It So it stops after, uh, was it Two Tribes? Uh, tag. Oh, Tag. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So yeah, that makes sense. So it stops after that, and then yeah, it, it does kind yeah, of. Crisco Gisses is a track or side four, track one. Yeah. So after tag, it goes into ferry, and then born to run, San Jose the way. So yeah, I think they did kind of break it up a bit. It's funny too. They named the sides. The first side is pray <laughs> Frankie pray. Side two is say Frankie say. Three stay Frankie stay, and the last is play Frankie play. But I think you're right. I think that, or maybe I just said that. Um, I do think that the first record is the more, you know, disco, oh, yeah. dan- oh, yeah, dancey. Yeah, yeah. And then they kind of said, whatever. We're just going to yeah. do whatever Let's now. Let's do these fucking covers. <laughs> covers. track of Scandinavian leather sure. uh, through the Blizzard of Flames, all those hoo-hahs. Oh, yeah. I'm 100% positive that came from this. Oh, yeah. I can tell they're big fans. Yeah. It just keeps going. Yeah, it does. I was recently editing that... Uh, Trans-Europe Express. Trans-Europe Express uh, by Kraftwerk, and, and I was, like, trying to think of, like, what's the next iteration of, of that? And it does kind of feel like this. Interesting. Like, it does feel like Two Tribes has that feeling where it's that it's that locomotive kind of driving mm-hmm. element to yeah, it. I can see that. And I know it's not, you know, a direct comparison, but it is they were they were obviously doing something, but the clubs are now the thing. I mean, mm-hmm. this is a club record. Oh yeah. Yeah. Also harkens back to our nonstop erotic cabaret mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah, 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 you're right. Like it, yeah. So that was born in the, you know, in those clubs that they were playing. Mm-hmm. That, you know, and so this is created specifically for that. Yeah. And it might even be, I don't know if we've touched on yet, but, you know, as we go on, there's going to be records and albums that we, that are created specifically not to even be played live. Interesting. So, so, so Relax and that single, you know, uh, I don't know, you know, when they played it, I have no idea how long they actually play that song for but that single is you know made to be the 12 inch remix or mm-hmm. or whatever is, is made to go on dj turntables could you imagine seeing this band like i don't think i i watched that, videos I don't know how that would work but it was all from like 
2008. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Not, not not quite the same. Yeah, it's just, um, yeah that's... Well, it's a fun story. Uh, you, you bring up them playing live. I do have one anecdote uh, on an important UK uh, gig on something called uh, The Tube. It was like a TV show. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. The rotary that was responsible for bringing like, some really important equipment uh, ended up at Newcastle under Lyme, which was 200 miles from Newcastle upon Thyme, <laughs> where the show was actually being held. Very Jill Stein of them. I think that English just need to stop uh, naming things that Jill rhyme like that. That's a. Uh, I would have made that mistake. Yeah. Uh, I did want to say that they did court the controversy, so they weren't like opposed to it. They, they definitely yes. leaned in really hard. Very good. They initiated the ad campaign for Relax with a two-quarter page ads in the British music press. The first ad featured. Images of Rutherford in a sailor cap and a leather vest and Johnson with a shaved head and rubber gloves. The <gasps> images were accompanied by the phrase, quote, all the nice boys love seamen. And it's spelled yes. C-C-Men. Uh, a pun on the music hall song, Ships Ahoy, All the Nice Girls Love a Sailor. It declared, quote, Frankie goes to Hollywood are coming <laughs> dot 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 making Duran Duran lick the shit off their shoes. Dot dot dot. Nineteen inches that must be taken always. Oh, yep. It's like the coolest thing I've Frank, ever fucking yes. heard in my life. I want that. I want one framed. I need it. Oh my god. This is the coolest. I found a quote where the lead singer like insisted that uh and relaxed the lyric was actually when you want to suck it, chew it. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I've been saying that all this week now. <laughs> how would that, how do you sing that? Do you know how that would go, Kyle? Man, you want to suck a chew it? Yeah, just like that. Yeah. <laughs> I hear it, actually, because I've always thought it did sound weird saying suck it to it. Like, yeah. I was like, that doesn't sound like what he's saying. So, I don't know. Filthy. It kind of makes me now, anytime someone wants to say, uh, relaxes about masturbation it really just makes me double down to say no it's about gay sex homie for real yeah yeah can't believe people thought that that it was about like not masturbating well i think initially the band had to like come out and be like it's not really about that oh yeah yeah Yeah. they had to which is funny they had to kind of skirt that and be like oh depressing considering they made the coolest ad of all time Yeah, wow. we, we've are, we've made it to the Born to Run cover. Yep, that means we've listened to what forty minutes half of the album. <laughs> Tre- Trevor Horn, one hundred percent, just a fucking like studio genius. But this album wouldn't have been anything without uh, JJ Jeselik, who was the one that programmed all the stuff and uh, the Fairlight, and he was also one of the members of Art of Noise. Okay, mm, who's afraid of them? Cool. What do you think of the album? One hundred percent positive. Wow, I, I've, could, I could not recommend this more. This is a this is a ride, and everyone should take it. Okay. Yeah, I wanted uh, when I listened to it today, I was like not sure how I felt about it, and I was like, I can't wait to get into the room with them and like talk it out. Well, because sometimes <laughs> sure. like sometimes getting in here makes me think about an album more and like do that, and that's you know something I'm very uh, grateful for. Um, but like, I was like, I know when I get in there, they're going to have other perspectives that will make me like think about it more. And I, I want to keep exploring this album. Like this is an album I'm not sure how I feel about. And I'm the kind of person that like, 
people judge me because I'll watch a movie a couple times because I don't know how much I like it, but I want to, I want to like it. And that's kind of how I feel about this album is mm-hmm. there's a lot going on about Frankie goes to Hollywood, the band that I really, really love. And it makes me want to like this album and I want to revisit it. Um, so for right now, I'll say like, I'm leaning towards positive, you know, I like the whole package mm-hmm. independent of the album. And I want to keep listening to the album to mm-hmm. force myself to like it. Cool. What do you think, Kyle? There, when I first listened to it, there was a point where I, I thought that I'd listened to the whole record <gasps> and everything else was like bonus tracks. Like I was listening to some kind of like reissue. <laughs> so I just, Same. I was like, Oh, that's weird. Here they did a cover, and then I was like astonished. I was stunned. This was a two LP set. Um, like that just was so weird to me. It, I think it's justified. I think there's a lot of good stuff on here. I think it's a journey. I think there's some some slappers on here. Yeah, total total recommend. Okay, so that's a positive. Yeah. Okay. Uh, man, I might just go neutral. I was. I was thinking positive. I don't know. It just, it, I can't get behind the the full album. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like if it was one album, I think I would be on the positive. It's just so, so much. And it's not that I don't think that uh, Welcome should be there. Like that 13-minute exploration and relax should be on there. It's just that it does so much and it's all over the place and I love Trevor Horn's production. So maybe I, maybe it's a thinker and I need to keep thinking about it. But right now I'm just kind of like, eh, that's exactly good. where I am. Good. Too. That's where I am too. It's a little too long and it's a little too all over the place, but I like that. I like that pleasure dome is like their thesis. If you think about Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I think that's what's pulling me even more is that they just Go for it. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. filthy and fun and they just are are going going there. Do they have all the songs to back it up? I don't know about that. Mm. On the on these covers. I mean, don't get me wrong, Born to Run is fun to listen to, but at the same time I'm also like, did it really need to be on the album? <laughs> like I don't remember. How did how did uh, that that album do, the Bruce Springsteen record do uh, in the UK? Was it a big hit there? Oh, good question on the. It was a massive success in the U.S., but I'm not yeah, sure. Yeah, the about U.S., the, but I don't know about the U.K. Yeah, that could have been a, a deciding factor for them to do it, is because it was a little unknown. Yeah, I was racking my brain to figure out why it was on this record. Yeah, yeah that's the best I, I came up with. I did the same thing you did, Kyle. Though I was like, surely this is a B side. <laughs> surely the album's over. Yeah. <laughs> It's just the seaside. <laughs> no, uh, stay Frankie, stay, I believe. <laughs> I like the, uh, I like the bass solo in, uh, in their version of Porn to Run. It's pretty great. Yeah. 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 It's awesome. It shreds. All right. I, 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 well, the first time I heard it, like I just started cracking up. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Next time we'll be talking about Run DMC. Self-titled. Ow. All right. Thanks, y'all. Suicide!